0: hey everyone welcome to the dbip group live innovators q a session with amir and victoria this is episode 17 we're going strong here answering your intellectual property questions every single day this is a live show uh before we get started with today's show as usual, we like to do a quick recap of yesterday's episode. So Victoria, if you will, do you wanna just give a quick uh, quick recap of yesterday's? Sure, so yesterday you went over how the patent office is organized. Awesome, and we focus primarily on, the, on patent examiners and how they have supervisors, and the supervisors manage and have to sign off on, on notices of allowance. So it's very helpful to understand what it's like from the examiner's perspective uh, sitting in the patent office um, and, and how their point system works and how they have supervisors they have to answer to and get sign off from and how they're pressured and have a lot of cases on their docket. So all that is helpful when you're trying to navigate the patent office and get your patent issued. Thank you. So today's question of the day is, can I file an international patent application? This is a question that we get very, very often. So unfortunately, there's no such thing as an international patent. Now that would be very convenient. It'd be really nice if there was a central authority where you could submit your application. And if allowed, would be would be pr- protected across all the entire world, across all jurisdictions. So the way it works is that each country has their own individual patent office. And in order to secure patent protection, in that jurisdiction, you have to pursue patent protection through that patent office. For example, in the US, we have the United States Patent and Trademark Office, uh, as you can see in the background. This is the USPTO office. Uh, It's located in Alexandria, Virginia, and the US Patent Office grants and issues patents for for the US. Now, most countries have their own patent offices. So if you wanted to get a foreign patent, say in China, say in Germany, U.K. or France, you could file patent applications in those individual countries. So there's a couple things that I want to make very clear at the outset in this episode. One is I want everyone to understand that it's very important to understand that there's a deadline for pursuing foreign patent rights. What we often see is we often see inventors who pursue U.S. patent applications, either provisional or non-provisional remember after you file a patent application whether it be a utility provisional or utility non-provisional or a design patent your patent will application is granted a serial number and if you satisfied all the formalities it's also granted a filing date now it's very important to remember that you have 12 months one year from the date you file in the US that's called the priority date if that's the earliest application on, on file you have one year to pursue foreign patent rights. Now, there are a couple of things that you need to understand. So, in the most basic basic example, let's say that you do a lot of business in Australia, for example, and so you want to pursue rights, you want to pursue patent rights in Australia. What you could do is you could file a patent in the US and then in 12 months submit a patent claiming priority to the US application in Australia through the Australian patent office and pursue your patent rights in Australia. Now, you you could select one country. Uh, Some some people will file in multiple countries, but the most important thing to remember and to always keep in mind is that at the minimum, you better file in foreign jurisdictions within that 12-month period. If you miss that date, it's over. There's nothing that you can do to pursue foreign rights after that that 12-month that one year priority date is up. So that being said, there are a few there are a few tools that you want to keep in mind. So one is what's called the PCT or the Patent Cooperation Treaty. Now, the PCT is a cool mechanism because remember how I said you have 12 months from the earliest filing date? Well, the PCT actually buys you at in its simplest in the simplest sense, at least 30 months to make the decision of what countries you want to pursue foreign rights in. So as an example, you could, for example, file a provisional application. Let's just say, hypothetically, you file it today, July 22nd, 2020. And with, we haven't had, we haven't gone over this in episodes, but we will, we will do, we will go over this in detail in future episodes. So by July 22, sorry, July 22nd, 2021, You had better file your U.S. non-provisional application if you want to maintain the priority date. And if you want to pursue foreign patent rights, then you also have to file in those foreign jurisdictions. Now, I mentioned this thing called the PCT, Patent Cooperation Treaty. It is possible to file what's called a PCT application. So you would file it. The U.S. would be called the receiving office, and you would file a PCT application through the U.S. Patent Office. And that would essentially give you an additional 18 months beyond your 12 months. So you would have another 18 months um, that you could then use that time to decide which countries are worth pursuing. Now, the, in the alternative, you could just outright file a PCT application. Um, and again, you would then have time to make the decision as to which foreign jurisdictions you want to file the patent, your patent application into. Um, there's also what's called the European Patent Office, and it's under the European Patent Convention, but the EPO, European Patent Office, allows you to file a patent application at the EPO office. And then if the EPO grants your patent, then you can what's called validate it in individual countries of in the European Union. Now, excuse me, oh man. I think that's the first sneeze we've had on, on uh, any of these episodes, hopefully the last. Um, so the, the EPO and the PCT are are good tools that you want to have in your arsenal. Now, one thing I have to caution you against, um, foreign, filing foreign patents gets very, very expensive. So as an example, if you file in a foreign jurisdiction like Germany, keep in mind that you're going to have to pay what are called annuities even while your patent application is pending. So these are fees that you have to pay to the foreign patent office, even while you're waiting for your patent, your, your patent application to be granted. We don't have that in the U.S. In the U.S. we have what are called maintenance fees. So while your patent application is pending in the U.S. patent office, you do not have to pay annuities. However, after your patent is granted, you have to pay annuities, or we call them here, if we call them maintenance fees, at the three and a half year mark, seven and a half year mark, and 11 and a half year mark after issuance. So keep in mind that not only do you have to keep track of the annuities because that's the real cost. I think the annuities themselves aren't all that much, but tracking the annuities and making sure that they're paid on time, that is a hassle. And in the more countries that you're in, the more countries that you have to be sure you pay the annuity fees in. Now, another thing that I want to point out about foreign filing is that while you, while, while your application is in those foreign offices, you're going to have to hire a foreign counsel to handle the correspondence and to handle the back and forth with that foreign patent office. So for example, if you were to hire, say, one of us at our firm at a DBIP group, yes, we could, we could handle the prosecution for the, your US patent application, but once you tell us, oh, and by the way, before my twelve-month priority date is up, I want to also file into China. We could do that for you, but we would have to involve foreign counsel. So Chinese counsel would we would hire them. They would they would prepare translations translations of your patent application and handle all the all what are called the national fees, the basically the government fees. And then on top of all those fees, you also have to pay their bill. So just keep in mind, it can get fairly pricey. So you wanna keep that in mind. What, depending on the size, your size, you may wanna focus on pursuing US patent rights. Now, what are some good countries that you may wanna consider depending on your size? You wanna probably hit the largest market share. So generally what we tell our clients is that if they can handle the UK, so if they can pursue patent protection in the UK, Germany and France, then that will afford them a large part of the European population. And then it's just a matter of whether or not you want to consider Asia. So several of our clients will pursue patent rights in the UK, Germany, and France, and then also in China and possibly Japan and Korea. So it all depends on how aggressive you want to be with your foreign filing and how much resources you have. Now, the one big thing that we have to keep in mind, even when we're filing into the U.S., is how much are you willing to spend to protect and defend your patent. So ultimately, and this is one of the most important, important things to understand about our, our patent system and patent systems worldwide, an issued patent is only worth as much as you are willing to spend to defend it. So if, you file, if you're going to file in foreign jurisdictions, but no, know, know with conviction that you're never going to spend a dollar to try to enforce it, then you really have to ask yourself, why are you doing this? Now, there, you might, there might be reasons, for example, certain investors might care about that, But it's important to really understand what you're paying for. And if you don't have the resources or don't want to ever invest the resources in protecting a patent rights in that foreign jurisdiction, then it's probably not a good use of resources. So I just want to recap some important points. So there is unfortunately no what are international patent. However, there are mechanisms in place that will allow you to seek that will help you seek protection in foreign jurisdictions. Most foreign countries have their own patent office. So if you want to pursue foreign patent rights, you can, but just know that that it's generally costly because not only do you have to pay for translation fees, but you will also likely have to pay for local counsel counsel that practices in that respective jurisdiction to pay and handle the correspondence, the national filing fees for that jurisdiction and all the back and forth with that foreign patent office. And you also have to think about annuities and having to pay and track those annuities even while your patent application is pending in those foreign countries. And then we also covered briefly the European Patent Office, what are called European Patent Applications to the EPO, and Patent Cooperation Treaty or PCT applications. And remember, the PCT application is a cool tool because it buys you 30 months instead of the usual 12 to decide which foreign countries to pursue patent rights in. So again, foreign patents, they you can pursue foreign patents, but you have to go through individual offices and it can get expensive and not to dissuade you, but just you want to keep in mind and be realistic about the costs and the resources that you have. Often your resources will likely be better spent pursuing patent rights with the in the US, pursuing patents in the United States Patent and Trademark Office. So I hope that helps answer your question, Victoria. It does. Thank you so much. Awesome. Very cool. And again, if you, anyone has any questions, send them Victoria's way. She's at victoria This is episode number 17. We're going strong every single day, answering your intellectual property questions, 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Thanks, Thank Victoria. You. Thank you.